0: There you go. So this week, um, we're focused on joy. And I think this is, this is the week of Advent where we're like, okay, yeah, uh, of course. Think of Christmas, we think of joy. So um, I will say the things that are not in bold and italics, and you will say the things that are in bold and italic, okay? Um, people of God, Isaiah promised a servant God who would come to save us. Savior will be a light to the nations. People everywhere are eager for the justice he will teach and the joy he will bring. We will see prison doors opened and people set free. Today we light a candle to symbolize the joy we anticipate. We hope in the one who will come. We pray for God's peace to prevail. Our joy will come with God's servant. the peace candles refusing to light <laughs> we're going to light a different one <laughs> okay people of god great change lies ahead we wait to see it with joy. Okay, next one. So I entitled this talk, Joy in the Midst of Trouble. And um, you're definitely going to see that as we dig into the book of Isaiah a little bit today. Um, it's interesting that we, I'm so glad that Ben and Jess did Okamokum Emmanuel today because that first verse of Okamokum Emmanuel talks about um, the ransom captive Israel. And so they're they're in exile. They are away from the Holy Land. So um, the song of Isaiah, if you go to the next slide, we'll talk about it a little bit. Actually, never mind. I'm jumping ahead of myself. First, I wanted to talk about joy. <laughs> um, if I paid attention to my notes, I would understand that that's where I was. Okay, so joy. Yes, Quinn, keep going. Is this a no-brainer for Christmas? I mean... I, I think that when you think of Christmas, you think of joy, but it's not a joyful time for everyone, and we have to remember that. So, what do you think joy means? What does joy mean to you? Shout it out. Happiness? Peace? Love? Other candles from Advent? (laughs) Can you just come up here and teach? Okay. (laughs) Does anybody else have another definition of joy? What does it mean to you? How do you see it in your life? That's a good way to describe it, in a very short one-word thing. Surely. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, there's something about it is like else there's this not great thing to but everything else is smart, so no. I think that's that's a cool perspective too, because it You know, the whole idea of Advent is anticipating Christ. And like what you're talking about, that spark, that something that's pressing you forward is like the anticipation of Christ. That's really cool. So, but sometimes in the waiting, we get bogged down. And there's not that anticipation that fills us. And so, what we're going to look at in Isaiah today is really about embracing that joyful anticipation even in the waiting. Okay, So, When I was messing around on the internet, (laughs) trying to find some good definitions for joy, I came across Rick Warren's blog. And I think this is actually him taking something of what his wife had written in a book about joy. Um, Here's this definition. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right and the determined choice to praise God in every situation. So there's three parts to that. Understanding that God is in control. There's confidence that everything is going to be all right. And I, I would say with the caveat of our, our idea of what's going to be all right may not be the same as what God's idea of what is all right is. <laughs> and the choice to praise God in every situation. And I feel like that's the action step that really goes forward is really choosing to praise God in the midst of challenges that brings you the joy, that brings you the spark that Shirley was talking about. Okay. So giving you a little background of Isaiah 42, which is our passage for today. uh, It was written when um, Israel was in Babylonian captivity. So, so was Esther that we talked about last week. Um, So these are, this is a song, essentially, that we're going to be reading. Um, they're in Babylon. They've been taken slaves and captives. They are away from the Holy Land. The temple has been destroyed. Jerusalem is destroyed. Um, the temple is the central component of Judaism. And so they're kind of off figuring out what they're supposed to be doing. They don't know really how to worship God in this in this time. They're not really sure what's going to happen next, but through these prophets like Isaiah and others that are his contemporaries, they there is a, a voice of hope and joy and peace and love that is present in this time of exile. So, it happened around 588 B.C.E. Um, so they're everywhere. Families are separated from one another. So this is obviously a time of great distress for them on many levels. So the question that's on their hearts, you know, in the midst of this destruction, in the midst of this separation, where is our joy? I mean, I think we all struggle with that. When we're walking through really challenging and difficult times in our lives, you know, where is God? Where is my next step? What, what's happening here as you're kind of trying to sort through the rubble, literally and figuratively sometimes? Okay, so let's read this passage. Oh, I got cut off at the bottom. But I can read it to you because I have it all. Okay. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his teaching. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people upon it and the spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations, to open the eyes that are blind To bring out the prisoners from the dungeon and from the prison, those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to idols. See, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word, for the way that you come and comfort us with that word, for the way that you came and comforted the nation of Israel in their time of exile. God, come and join us in our own exile today. God, help us to find joy in the difficult places and to know you even when it seems impossible. We pray these things in your name. So, you can go to next slide. so this section of scripture is, is has been called by scholars a servant song. So this is the first of about four that are found in Isaiah, in this section of Isaiah. Um, and what they're supposed to be describing is this servant that's coming to, to um, be a light to the nations, and not just to rescue Israel, but to rescue everyone. Um so scholars say that it's the nation of Israel is the servant. But also we can see now and the, the early New Testament folks saw that Jesus was in this. Especially since Jesus pulled out the scroll and did preach this in the temple. I mean, he was talking about how this was fulfilled in their hearing. So this is Jesus. He has come. He's coming to bring justice. He's coming to bring life. He's coming to bring freedom. And he's not coming to, you know, pound the Babylonians down or the Assyrians down and any of the other nations that came and attempted to destroy Israel. He's come to bring life and light. Okay. So when I was looking at all of this, it's like, all right, how do we respond to this? How do we respond to these, these huge words of mission that are on our lives, even it, when we're in our struggles, how do we react? Um, I love, this is the NRSV version, where it talks about the bruised reed and the dimly burning wick. You know, we all walk through seasons in our life when we are bruised reeds and dimly burning wicks. We are not always these bright, shining beacons for Christ up on a hill. Because of circumstances in our lives, because of challenges, because of Um, sin in the world and our own choices, we are bruised reeds and dimly burning wicks. But what's beautiful in verse three is that God does not crush us. The servant of God does not crush us. He doesn't break us. He doesn't quench us. He walks alongside of us faithfully to bring justice. Now that's beautiful, You know, we don't have to be thinking that because we are not the brightest beacon of Christ in the world that we cannot ever be that. But Christ comes alongside of us with the power of the Holy Spirit to bring us the invigoration, that joy, that life to come anew again. Um, Should we choose to give up? Yeah, I mean, that's a choice. We all have the choice to give up if we want to. But we also have the choice to embrace the joy of Christ, even when things are difficult, just as this writer of Isaiah has. Um, Another thing that's really beautiful about this passage is it shows us that God's grace and power works exactly where we are the most broken and the most fragile. Um, It's so beautiful to me to see the times in my life where something happens. And God comes in and, and says, you know, this is a really difficult place for you, but I'm going to put you in that place just so you have to trust me and you have to rely on me for growth, for life, <laughs> for hope. Um, and those are the times that I feel like I've, I've experienced the most joy because I know that it's not me I know it's none of my own work and none of my own hands that are getting me into that place. It's all the work of God. Uh, one of my favorite verses is actually in this, the previous chapter in Isaiah Isaiah forty one twenty. It's that may, they may see and know and hear and understand that the Holy One of Israel has done it. That it's God's work in our lives that has done it, not our own human hands and sometimes god has to put us in the place where we receive that because we don't willingly let go of our own strengths and our talents and our joys and the things that we can give on our own but when we we be in the when we put ourselves in the place that allows god to use us that is when we experience the most growth and the most joy and the most expansion of the gifts that we can share with the world um it's a really beautiful thing, but it feels like you're walking out into an abyss sometimes. So Israel was walking out into an abyss. They didn't know what was going to happen. But God sent the prophets to speak life and truth, mercy, justice, hope, and joy over them. And they God speaks that over us as well. So um, a New Testament verse I feel like really exemplifies this is that but we have this treasure in clay jars so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us we are afflicted in every way but not crushed perplexed but not give, driven to despair persecuted but not forsaken struck down but not destroyed i mean that is that is a victory song that is something to stand on the mountaintop and say, this is the God that I know. Yes, exactly. Tell it on the mountain. This is We are not crushed. We are not driven to despair. We are not forsaken. We are not destroyed because we are surrounded by this love of this amazing God that cared enough to send down a piece of himself to the world as a baby to be among us and to live as we live, to know as we know, but yet live perfectly and sacrifice himself and rise again for us. I mean, that's beautiful. If we know and love a God that can do that, that shares enough of himself to do that, then we are not destroyed. We are not abandoned. We are always known. Okay. So a lot of times it's difficult in our in our the most challenging times to be a light. But when we understand and embrace the Christ that has redeemed us and does not allow us to be destroyed, we can be an incredible light to other people. It's a blessed opportunity to share life with people when we are seeing joy through our difficulty. Um, In verse 9, it talks about, or, yeah, yes. In verse 9 of our passage, it says, See the former things that have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. You know, we can preach and proclaim this new thing that's coming. Because even in our lives, if we are, Um, dealing with difficult health conditions, if we are dealing with with challenging money circumstances, we don't know exactly how God's going to come through in those situations, but we know that there is a new thing that is coming. Even if that new thing comes after we die and are rejoining with Jesus, we know that there is a new thing, and so we can preach that and experience that with people. Um, By the way that we can show that what we see is not really the whole story. You know, if we are believers in Christ that recognize that this world is passing, that it's not, is this is not the whole story, it helps us to be in a place where we can shine light in the midst of our difficulties. It's a, it's a beautiful thing to be able to say, This is not all there is. This is not the end of my story. Um, Gosh, And and when you probably have seen people worship God through incredibly difficult circumstances, it brings you hope. It brings you joy and encouragement. Um, I just think about some of the videos that we watched for Operation Christmas Child and seeing those individuals that are in really difficult economic circumstances, and some of them have walked through um, human trafficking difficulties and really their life was on the line. But they, and through just the gifts of many, many people, but prayers and the presence of God in their lives are able to just be full of joy for what God has done in them. And I think that, that brings hope to us too because we recognize, you know, in comparison, our circumstances really are not that tough. But their testimony brings us hope. And you would think it would be the other way around. You know, we're we're the privileged nation. We have so much. But because we have so much, a lot of times we forget God. And so it's, it's in our difficulty, it's in our exile, it's in our challenge that we are able to remember God because we remember how he remembers us. I knew I was going to talk short today, because um, today is about joy, and one of the ways that we can celebrate, and I want us to do that kind of in a more, a longer fashion today, um, is through communion. Um, You know, Many of us have come into this space today with burdens. They could be financial, they could be physical, they could be emotional, they could be family related. And in all of those things, we can find joy. as we remember Christ's life, death, and resurrection at this table today, um, let our hearts be penetrated together by this joy, this spark, this anticipation of Christ. Though he has already come, just in these last couple of days, weeks before Christmas let us embrace that joy and look with new eyes at the beauty of the coming of Jesus this is a new thing it is by the grace of God that we are here and it is by his grace that we are redeemed so we're actually going to do communion like we used to do, communion. (laughs) Um, So when you're ready to come, you'll come, we'll make kind of like a little half circle up here, and we'll all just pray together in small groups. And then one group is done, another group comes up. Um, I want to explain that this loaf is a sweet bread. And it symbolizes the sweetness of joy that we receive in Jesus. This juice is sweet, too. This loaf symbolizes Christ's body that has been given for us. And on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, take, eat, this is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup and he said, Drink. This is my blood, a covenant for you. And as often as you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. So come, take, eat, taste the sweetness of the bread and the juice, remember the sweetness of God's joy and presence in your life, even when you're in exile. He's coming. So come together. thank you for your grace and we thank you for your love. We thank you for your joy. I pray that it would cover us this season and in all of our days leading up to Christmas, God, we would see beautiful thing to be in the community of God with one another. And one of the things that we can do out of our joy is to give. We don't talk about money very often <laughs> at the living room. But Christmas is a challenging time for families who don't have enough to be able to share with their kids or even with each other or to be able to put food on the table. And I just wanted to remind our, our congregation that we have a place that we can give. <laughs> um, we, we try to use as much of the money that comes into our church as possible to help people that are in need. Um, and we have some people that are in need in our, our church community right now. And so I, I just wanted to extend the invitation um, to everyone to be able to give and to be reminded that we have so much and that we ought to share with one another. Okay, let's pray. God, thank you for your presence with us today. We thank you for the joy that you bring to us through your son, Jesus. We thank you for his life, his death, his resurrection. Lord, I thank you for the way that he came to earth as a, as a defenseless little child. God, it just shows your vulnerability and your willingness to come to us as we come to this earth. God, I pray that we would walk through the remainder of this Christmas season with joy, not burdened or weighed down by difficulties or anticipation of difficulties, God, but confident in the remembrance that you have our best interests at heart, that we can praise you through any circumstance. And that you know us. God, thank you for knowing us. Lord, and I pray that in this season where there's so many around us that that are just burdened by consumerism and by the need to get. Lord, that we can be a light. We can be life to others. That we can give and demonstrate how much you have given us that we can share the love and the life of Jesus with all those that surround us, that they can know the hope, peace, joy, and love that we know through you, Lord. God, send us on our way rejoicing for what you have already done and will continue to do in us and in this world. It is in your name that I pray. Amen. You're out early today. Who would have thought? So hang out. Enjoy. Spend some time with each other. Um, Give each other hugs and high fives. And I started. All right. See ya.